Welcome to the Four Freedom Podcast. I found my freedom in you. I found a joy I can't lose. And thank God it's true. You wrapped your arms around me. And heaven broke through from the moment you found me. I found my freedom in you. This podcast exists bring the freedom of the gospel for everyday Christians with everyday issues. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Seyfried. Welcome back everybody to the Four Freedom Podcast. And uh, we are here this week. We talked last week about uh, parenting and we're sort of referring back to some things that our friend Jim Neuhauser wrote in Parenting is More Than a Formula talking about legalistic formulas within uh, parenting. And, um, and so we're going to finish that talk up today. James, how are you doing today? Going well, John. It's been a blessing uh, to serve the Lord and to be in uh, ministry where we're at. And it's just been a blessing to see uh, my son started baseball and uh, got to head up baseball practice. We won our first game of football, and uh, I'm coaching a little flag football team in my wife's school. And uh, it's been a blessing just to be able to influence some of those kids. And there's one guy that I'm I'm been mentoring these last couple of weeks. Um, his dad is an atheist, John. Uh, he's in a Christian school, and he uh, he's my quarterback. And so I took him to lunch a couple times, and it's been great just to be able to get to know him, answer some of those questions that he's had uh, in Scripture, uh, but also just you know, his, as his dad's an atheist, he he believes that there is no God, and he doesn't even understand why uh, they're in a Christian school. Um, and, and his mom is struggling with some things, and it, it's just been a it's been a great talk. It's been a great time just to be able to influence and and impact the uh, his his life a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's been great. Good deal. Good How deal. Uh, going great. Just uh, just working and and uh, pastoring and and doing that kind of stuff. And you work, John? Yeah. And then uh, uh, the, uh, my know. son. My son likes to play Mario, and we got this old Mario game. So we all get four controllers, and we just play Mario together. And we uh, you use four controllers at once, like you've got four controllers, or four people have a controller. We have we have four controllers. You said we all get four controllers, so I'm just confusing your wording no, there. No, we you uh, all get four controllers. No, everybody or? has a controller. We got four people playing. See, you see how words you see how words can sometimes. Mess up the meaning when you say things like that. I know. I know. The English language. The English language. Which leads us into Proverbs 22.6. Well, I was trying on. to segue, John. Into, come on. I was come trying on. to do like we did last week. Have a great little a segue. Uh, segue. All right. Yeah, so we yeah. left off last week talking about this, and I said I was going to explain this this passage. But Proverbs 22.6 has been a very misunderstand understood passage that a lot of people take as a surefire promise that your kids are going to turn out right. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. I think some of the problems with this is that the way it's been translated into English. But number one, you have to understand what the context is, and the context is that it's in the book of Proverbs. And what is Proverbs? Proverbs is wisdom literature. It's wisdom literature. What is wisdom literature? You go through the entire book of Proverbs and you see this often. Wisdom literature comes in the form of warnings. It's warning. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Be careful for this. Watch out for this. You look through the whole book of Proverbs, you see a lot of that. It's warnings. What this is is not a promise. 
It's a warning, all right, that you need to train up a child in the way that they go, all right, so uh, they won't depart from that. Now, it goes a little bit deeper than that. It's, it's not a promise. It's, it's a warning to train up the child in the way that they should go, it, it, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. It says that train up a child in the way. That word way comes from a Hebrew word that actually goes back to the root word is is that of your palate and it was used in the form of of it was used in with uh in language as nursing mothers trying to develop the palate of their of their infants to take their milk mm-hmm. so it was trying to develop their palate so they could take that all right so understand that word and that way it is train up a child in the way and that, that they should go. That Hebrew construction right there is really saying this. Train them up in their way. I love how Chuck Spindall explains this verse. He says that, it, it, think of it like a bent. Each child has a certain bent or a way that they are made. We often refer to this to their personality. And what it's saying is train them up in that way. If you train them up in that way, that's the way they will go. Now, you can use that training to hurt your child. You can use the training to bless your child. But whatever personality or way that they go, encourage that. Train them up in that way. Another psalm that sort of says it, like it goes along with it, is uh, children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. You know, and you, you pull that arrow back and you shoot it. And there it's gone. You know, mm-hmm. you are trying to aim that direction Good. that they're going. Okay, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's for the first thing you have to understand in training your child is paying attention to them and learning yeah. what their way is. What is their personality like? A good illustration of this, John. I can reprimand Brody a little bit if he's doing something wrong. And he'll just stand there and look at me. Hudson's the same way. He, he's a lot like me. If I reprimand him or if I do something, tell him he's wrong, they know they did wrong. They just sit there. With Jade, and some guys are like this too. It's not just because Jade, Jade's my daughter. If I raise my voice or if I say you shouldn't have done that in, a, in the wrong tone, she'll break down in tears and run to her room. Mm-hmm. Two different ways. I'm saying the same thing. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Brody's like, all right, Dad, I, you're right. Jade, she's her 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 life is broken in that moment. And so for me, I've got to understand as a parent how I respond to those situations. Maybe I don't raise my voice at Jade. Maybe we have a conversation about those things. Brody understands. She just thinks I'm getting mad at her. And so it is the way that they are. It is their personality, like you said. And it's understanding their emotions and who they are. Sometimes you may... Say it to your blue in the face. They don't even understand it. So you've got to change the approach of how we parent and how we discipline in, in certain areas. Well, it's and again, it's it's understanding that they have different personalities and working with them where they're at. And even that even changes as they get older as well. And so that's the idea that's coming across. It's not a promise. It's not saying this. It's saying that, you know, you're going to – it's really along the same lines as that other verse. It's like they're an arrow. You're sending them out. You're aiming that. And what yeah. direction are you going to aim it in? And that kind of thing. And for, for any of our Mandalorian fans out there, uh, the David did get this, uh, or Solomon got this 
this thought of this is the way from the Mandalorian. This just is the way. This is the way. All right, so we're going to continue on with some of these these uh, notes that we have for uh, this discussion on on parenting. Um, you know, we talked about these these formulas. Uh, a lot of times, when failure does happen within the home, a lot of these places they they the failure is blamed on a failure to follow their formula or keep their law, mm-hmm. which we sort of said last time is very much like this wealth name it claim it health wealth prosperity gospel. If you failed, it's your fault, not our fault. But uh, and James mentioned, I think, the last time, uh, what about Judas? But also, what about Cain? Yeah. You know, if their fa- formula wasn't there, then, you know, what kind of, how, how perfect was things when Cain was around? All right. God yeah. was the one who instructed him and admonished him. And what did yeah. he do? He went out and murdered his brother. You know, are we saying that God just totally failed the formula? Yeah. And I, I like how Jim put it here. He said, he made a statement that said uh, this following these formulas and abdicating a certain formula puts you in what he calls parental determinant determinism. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a hard word to get out just now. Uh, where it's basically just a belief that how well you follow this formula is how your kids are going to turn out. Uh, and it, what is John? What does this turn into? What where does all the responsibility and blame put at? It's on you. Mm-hmm. It's all focused on me. Okay, me, myself, and I. I didn't follow the formula well enough. I didn't do this. I didn't. Uh, all of a sudden, you are the ultimate soul of authority in everything that happens. When Which, in reality, one of the last ones we said was last week, God's sovereignty in those children and allowing them to make that that choice to follow him or not. It, it falls back on that child to make the decisions. Parents, yes, you have to have you have to raise your kids right. You have to do what is right, but it does not fall. All responsibility does not fall directly on you based on how your kids turn out. Well, and take that to the op- the other end. Like, um, what happens if they do turn out right? It and yeah. you think that it was on you. It, it develops. You pride. write a book. And you sell millions of copies about how great your parenting was. Exactly. Very. Yeah. Exactly. All um, of this formula. I did it. Look at my kids. Mm-hmm. Had seven of them. They all serve the Lord now. Look at yeah. me. Look at me, yeah, and yeah. and it's not about it's that. We're supposed to, be, yeah, we're supposed to be pointing to to Christ and the gospel and, and to God. Um, moralistic formulas can also create kids who are Pharisees, with the outside of the cup looking clean while the inside cu- of the cup remains filthy. Um, you know, I think this can get to the point where a lot of people say, you know, James, you talked about this. Uh, parents that will say, we did this, we did this, we did this, and they were such a great kid, and then they become an adult, and they do something. And it's like, where did that come from? I just don't understand. They were always such a good kid. And what was what was going on? The outside of the cup was clean, while the inside, the heart, was was black and filthy. Lee Fitzpatrick said this, obedience, which isn't motivated by love for God and his grace, is dangerous and so we got to be very on guard that we're not cultivating pharisaical children and a pharisaical mindset in our home with that um yeah one of the things one of the things john uh in uh noticed this in israel and i got a picture of it somewhere i may have mentioned it a couple weeks ago was when we were riding uh in jerusalem there on the mountainside of of the Mount of Olives and, and beside the Eastern Gate there, 
there is a massive graveyard that dates back prior to even Jesus's death uh, when he was here. So those those graves would have been there. Uh, it's the most famous graveside in all of the world. People, uh, royalty pay to get buried there. And all the tombs are above ground. They're not underground like we're used to. Um, and the guy was telling us the history about it. And as we're riding around, one of the guys pointed out, he said, guys, look over there. He said, all those tombs, they keep them in immaculate, awesome. They're, they're white, they're clean, they're perfect condition. He said, the, the people inside are disgusted. They're dead. They're just dead men's bones. He said, it makes me wonder, is Jesus pointing to those graves over there and saying, Pharisees, you're like those whitewashed tombs. You've kept them perfectly clean on the outside so everyone thinks how perfect they are. But on the inside, you're dead man's bones. And it really brought that image to life because that would have very likely been where Jesus was pointing to when he was teaching that. And this is this whole thing, though, this pharisaical parenting, because you begin to say, look how perfect my kids are. When in reality, they're sinful human beings like all of us are. And they're putting on this facade just so parents are okay with it. Which brings us to this point parenting is not about following the right book the right teacher the right method or the right formula it's about the gospel Mm. parenting is about the gospel and so what we want to be concerned about is parenting the gospel with our children and understanding this can we save our kids Absolutely not. If we can't save our kids, then who are we then dependent upon to save our kids? The one and only Jesus Christ, son. Yeah, yeah. And so then we depend upon him. So therefore, we are dependent upon his grace on our children, Mm -hmm. which causes us to go to him more and be more dependent upon him and to seek his grace as we are working with our children in the hard days, in the good days, in the easy days and in the days that just break our heart, that we are searching to God and we are leaning on God and his grace and not that we've done the right thing or checking the checklist that we did this in our parenting day. They cannot be saved by our works. And get this, they cannot be saved by their works either. And they need to understand that. Yeah, and when they understand, they, that's when they begin to understand they need a Savior, when they begin to understand that their own good deeds can't save themselves. So, John, parenting is more about God than you or your own kids. Uh, this is from <clears throat> Leslie Lay, Linyard, Lay, Lay, Leyland. Uh, parenting is your highest calling and eight other myths that trap us into worry and guilt. And so we're going to give you seven Thoughts here from this that Jim lays out for us, and then we'll give you two concluding statements. Uh, John, the first one is parenting is about fulfilling God's purposes, not our agenda. Give us some thought on that. Well, it's it's about and, and how, what do you need to know in order to know God's purposes? Well, first of all, you need to know God. And this is why I think coming back to a theology proper and knowing a theology of God is so important for every Christian. But then on top of that, knowing God's purposes is about knowing God, knowing God's word. And so knowing what God, you know, desires of his people. But when it comes down to it, it's not a duty that we're supposed to be 
working at doing all these things. It's a relationship that we do these Mm. things out of love. We live in obedience out of love, not out of this idea of that we're, we're going to be pleasing, more pleasing to God or get more blessing from God or God will think better of us. Listen, that happened at the cross. And so mm-hmm. fulfilling God's purposes must be born from a heart of love for God. And we yes. only strengthen our love for God when we truly know who God is. Yeah, which leads us right into the next one. Putting God first frees us to better love our children. When we love God, we're going to love others. Okay, how are, how are they going? How are people going to know? How is the world going to know that we're disciples of Jesus by our love for one another? And if we are only consumed about, uh, am I doing again what I said at the beginning of last week? X, Y, and Z should equal this area, okay? If I'm only consumed about a formula, if I'm only consumed about making sure these certain seven things are done right, all of a sudden, that's what I'm going to be consumed in, and my kids are never going to know the love that I have for them. And I love my kids more than anything in the entire world. Uh, And so if I am only consumed with some man-made formula or some man-made ideology, my kids will never see the love that I have for them. And so we put God first, and then we love our kids as Christ loves us, and we emulate that. We show them that. We love them uh, unconditionally. They make mistakes. We make mistakes. We love them. We talk them through it. We, we're there for them. We love them through it. Okay. We look at Peter. When Peter denied Jesus, Peter left, went back to fishing. He went back to his own ways, and what did Jesus do? He came back. He sat on the seashore and he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Come back to me. Come back. I love you as well. Come back and experience the grace that only I can give, the forgiveness that I can give you. And when we begin to parent that way, when we begin to show that forgiveness and to show love toward our kids, we begin to see a holy, great work of God in our lives. Next, God's parent, God parents us for holiness, not happiness. Right. James, I can't begin to tell you how many times I, I think people get into things in life because they think that it's about them being happy. Or even they think that their relationship with God is about them being happy. I, I read somewhere somebody put on their, their statement about beliefs, and they said, number one, we believe that the purpose for, for man, for all everybody— is to be happy. That is mm-hmm. not. That John was Spurgeon, the chief end of man is what? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's right. And so if you think you're going into marriage to be happy, you're going you, the purpose of your marriage is for your happiness, you're going to be wildly disappointed because it's not. Right. It's to glorify God. And the same thing with your parenting. If you think that the reason for having children is so that it'll make you more fulfilled and you more happy, you are going to come to pieces because it will not. That is just setting up another idol for you to worship in your heart that will ultimately disappoint you. The ultimate purpose is to glorify God and that he wants us to parent for holiness, not happiness. Yeah. This next one, 
is the one that that gets me even to this day, John. I, I this is the one that I struggle with the absolute most in my parenting because I am, as I said last week, and I'll say it again this week, I am a guy who is numbers and formula math driven. I, I, I'm, I'm just, that's just the way God hardwired me. Okay. And so I love the show, the prophet. I love watching Marcus Lamonis and he'll come in and he'll correct the process to make the product great. And I love watching that side of it. And so when I evaluate my parenting, I want to go through it. I want to do the opposite of this because parenting is more about people than it is the process. Mm -hmm. And so often we get focused on the process and forget about the people. And we begin to focus on the, the nuts and bolts, I guess you could say, of what to do and how to do it and doing it the right way, which I'm not saying you shouldn't do it the right way. I'm not saying you shouldn't do things decently and in order. But what I'm saying is when we're only focusing on the process, we lose sight of the people that are right there in front of us. Mm-hmm. We, lose, we, we, get, we get to this mindset, and it happens a lot in, in business culture where everyone's just a number. Hey, I'm just number seven. I had a guy that did our men's devotion just a couple weeks ago. He said, I work for XPO Logistics. And he said, no one knows my name. He said, I'm number 05076. He said, when I go and I check in, I don't say Dan Alford's here to get his shipment. I say 05076 is here to get my shipment. They'll look at me and say, all right, XPO 05076, your shipment's out on number seven. He said, I am just a number to them. And too often, our kids can become a number, and it's just a process. When they are people, they are, they are people that God sent his son to die for, that he has shown them the grace that only he can give, and yet we treat them as a process instead of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, God calls us to be faithful, not successful. And Amen. I think this is a big thing in Christendom altogether is how we're defining success. How are we defining success? As measurable, numerical, metric, uh, big, size. You know, that's how the world defines success. God defines success in faithfulness and obedience. And so, what? but the, the problem we don't like about that is that it's not measurable. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to gauge success by measuring it. Therefore, if we have this amount or this thing happening or this thing going, then therefore we can say this is being successful. But that's not how God does it because God's measure of success is, is, is faithfulness. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, how do we know we're being more successful today than we were yesterday if we're doing the same thing and we're not seeing any different results? And it's like, no, this is a marathon. This is yep. a walk, and his, his, his gauge of success, what he, he's called us to do is to be faithful. You know, sometimes— you know how we judge faithfulness? How? We judge faithfulness by saying at the end of our life, well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he determines that. At the end of our life, and he yeah. determines it, not us. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. I, I think some parents probably need to hear, like, you know, you need to chunk the formula— just spend some time having fun with your kids. Yeah. Just let like and and forget the, the on the time limit. Just 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 enjoy them and have fun with them, and see that they're yeah. having fun too. Um, 
We must one rely. Of the thing. Go ahead. So one of the greatest things right now, John, we're building a deck on the back of the house, and um, you know we're we're taking the, the old deck down, putting a new one up, bigger, better deck. And uh, the other day, right before we had started, we were digging some holes and getting some things ready. And Brody came up to me that night, and he said, Dad, he said, can I help you build the deck tomorrow when you're out there? You know what my response was? Absolutely not. You're not a man yet. No. I said, absolutely, son. Let's get out there. Get you a hammer. Get your drill. Get get a level. Let's go have some fun. Let's beat some boards together and see what happens. And when his face lit up when I said, let's just go hang out and have some fun. building Because he just wants to spend time with Dad. Yep. Building a bonfire. Doing things together loving life together yep. we must uh, john yeah as you were saying we must rely upon god rather than the formulas and then the last thing john before we give our concluding thoughts our ultimate hope is in god not our kids please 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 do not allow your children to set up as an idol in your heart yeah. Do not worship at the idolatry of your children. Do not make your children the, the, the place where you worship. Uh, I, so many times we, we take a love and joy of our kids to an unhealthy place when we set them up in the place of God. And, and dethrone your children as that place of idolatry and go back to worshiping God. Place your hope in God not whether your kids are going to turn out the way that you've deemed as good or right or, or, or uh, as a reflection on your parenting on how they turn out, okay? Put your hope in God. Yeah. Last two thoughts, John, and we'll finish up today. And thank you guys for listening and being a part of this episode. Uh, the first is this. Gospel parenting isn't just another formula. I want you to understand that, that it's not, okay, the gospel parenting is another formula that I'm going to add to my toolbox. It is the only way we can parent our kids is by adding the gospel to our parenting and making the gospel the center focus of everything we do in our life as a parent of the born-again believer of Jesus Christ. And so gospel parenting is more than that. It is the only way. And John, it's not a cookie-cutter way to do it. No. Oh. There's not a cookie cutter way to do it. You know, you can get some good tips here. You can get some good tips there. You know, we'll recommend a book for you. We'll recommend a couple of resources for you. But those aren't going to offer you this surefire one, two, three steps of you do this with your kids and they'll do this. Okay. It's going to help you arrange your thoughts and your heart in a way that you can just love your kids and, and, and lead them and guide them to Jesus. Yep. And then the last thing, John, God is teaching us to graciously love our sinful children just as he loves us. God showed us grace. God we commends his love center. toward us in that while we were what? Yet sinners. Christ died for us anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we, we need to show that love to our kids and then point them to Christ. You know, and, and and that's what it's about. It's about bringing the gospel to our children. That's right. It's good. So, John, any closing thoughts Well, finish up today? Uh, again, the, the, the mini book, I, just so you, we didn't say this last time, but this book by, by Neuheiser, um, by Jim Neuheiser, is about 75 pages. I mean, it's a short book. 
It's a small book, and it's about 75 pages. It's worth your time reading that. Um, I want to recommend one that I, I really enjoyed. Again, I actually picked it up looking for a formula, and whenever I read it, I was like, this is not giving me the formula, but it was changing me, like, so much, and I thought it was fantastic. It's, it's simply called Parenting, 12 Gospel Principles for Raising Your Children by Paul David Tripp. All right, and it is fantastic at rearranging your 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 um, mentality and your heart towards gospel centered parenting, and so um, I highly recommend that resource when it comes to parenting. Uh, there's uh, one by Elise Fitzpatrick for mothers called "Give Them Grace," and uh, we'll try to link both of those uh, in the show notes. But those are two great books for that. And then next week, James, tell them next. about next week. Next week, we've got a returning guest, Sean Perron, and uh, he is, I did a solo episode with him uh, last year. John was out of, the, out of the town or something. I can't remember what happened. He wasn't able to be on here. So, Lord willing, we're going to have him on here as a guest, and we're going to be talking about helping hurting children. He did a seminar uh, teaching lesson two years ago in Charlotte at the ACBC conference, and I have used these notes uh, to help other pastors, to help parents. Um, I don't know how many times since I've heard it. Uh, so it has been a blessing to me. And so I reached out to him and his uh, secretary about getting him lined up. And so we have him lined up to record and uh, we're going to walk through those notes, have him give some specifics on some areas. It's a case study that he's actually currently been counseling. I don't know if uh, he still is, but at the time, two years ago, he was uh, a young girl and uh, some helps that he can give us if we've got hurting kids or how we can actually help kids that have been hurt. And he gives the, through some some main areas of um, how to identify these things. So I'm looking forward to it. I love Sean's material. I love listening to him. Um, he's a great, wise man. Uh, much He's wise beyond his years. I think we're the same age. Me and John and him are all the same age. Uh, but I feel like he's just so much more wise than I am, um, which doesn't take a lot. But uh, he's a great great tool and asset uh, for my ministry that I've really enjoyed learning and leaning from him. So that's what we're looking at next week. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so we thank you guys for listening and, um, and uh, if you got any questions or comments, just reach out to us. Uh, but um, uh, we'll be moving on. I think in April, we're also going to try to um, uh, tackle the subject of anxiety. So we're very excited about that. Uh, but until then, to God be the glory, sola deo gloria. Found my new name, found that good grace, found that healing, and the tears fell down my face when I found my beginning that has no ending. Found that second chance. Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. If you enjoyed the content of the podcast, please do us a favor by liking, subscribing, or sharing the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to. 